Welcome to episode 19 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Lovin. And I'm Bryn Jackson. This week we were hanging out with Caleb Davenport and Jake Marsh, two of my friends that I'm very excited to have on the show. Caleb is an iOS developer over at North Technologies, and Jake Marsh is a close friend of mine who worked at Shop Savvy with me as an iOS developer. Very the iOS developer. Yeah, very good iOS episode, actually. We had a lot to talk about. We, uh, they, they happened to be the two people I was talking to the most during the Apple Watch pre-orders. So that was fun. Two quick things before we get into this episode. First of all, thank you to everyone who nominated us uh, for the Net Awards. We were tweeting about it and, and... They just closed nominations. They just closed nominations. So we, we actually don't know if it's we made the It's in the books list. one way or the other now. Yeah, we know that some people nominated us. We don't know if it was enough to actually make the list, but we'll find out soon. So if you did... Thank you, and if not, uh, we will let you know if we did, and we'll ask for your votes. (laughs) So, we'll see what happens. Okay, that was the first thing. Uh, Actually, two more things. One, so number two is follow us on Periscope. We are live streaming all of our episodes. Uh, So, if you'd enjoy watching any of these live, we tend to do them Mondays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific time. 730 uh, usually 730 ish we aim for seven it doesn't get there yeah say 730 <laughs> pacific time uh we'll be tweeting about it beforehand if, if that changes at all okay so that was number two third the itunes ratings are still just off the chart so they're flowing in they're flowing i swear it's because i said that we wanted to beat leo laporte <laughs> i think that's what what's all the problem healthy competition let's get to number one let's get to number one thank you to everyone if you've given us a rating on itunes the reviews are amazing. Uh, reading those honestly makes us worth it. It's so encouraging. And if Brian texted me the other day and he said, "If you want to have a good day today, go read iTunes reviews," and it, he was not wrong. Yeah, I actually read those like right when I woke up, and the rest of the day was awesome. So thank you to everyone who's writing in, leaving us five stars. If if you're on your phone or computer right now and you've enjoyed the show, just reach down and and give us a rating. It really helps us get in front of new people, get the show out there. And we really, really appreciate it. It's pretty awesome. Before we jump in, quickly wanted to thank our sponsors. As always, IconFinder.com is making this episode of Design Details possible. IconFinder is the largest selection of premium vector icons on the web. They've crossed 500,000 icons in the library. They're on pace to add 300,000 more this year. They're the best resource for icons on the web for any kind of project you're working on, whether it's web, mobile development, maybe you're building an Apple Watch app. Anything you might need an icon for, Icon Finder is going to have it. You can search for it, and they're going to return results uh, in any style, like an outline icon for a nice iOS 7 feel, or a glyph icon if you're doing something a little bit heavier on the web. All the icons come in any file format, so you can use any application. That's SVGs, PNGs, JPGs. Uh, they're going to work in Sketch, Illustrator, Photoshop. Or without using those things. You can just put them directly into a web project. Super clean, super fast. It's just done. It's great. So for people like web developers and people who are just building something out right away, it's the best way to do it, hands down. It's fast, it's simple, they're at standard sizes and everything, they're great. And it makes so much sense what they've done with Icon Finder Pro. It's a subscription service you can sign up for, it's a few bucks a month, and you get access to the library and you get more downloads, access to all the files, and it's just a few bucks a month. And if you use the promo code ROBOT, it tells Icon Finder that we sent you, and it's going to get you 50% off your first month of Icon Finder Pro. And I mean, yeah, like you said, it's only a few bucks. It's like $9 for the base model and 29 for unlimited, which gets you unlimited downloads. Yeah, so you don't have to spend hours and hours designing your own icons. It's beautiful. 
Uh, so check them out. Thank you again to IconFinder.com for sponsoring this episode. And with that, let's get into episode 19 with Caleb Davenport and Jake Marsh. I've never seen as many hairy arms as I saw this week on Twitter. Oh, yeah. All the Apple Watch reviews coming in. Yeah. It's like, well, cool. It's people, Here's all my... You know, what did you get? I got the 42 millimeter version of what Caleb got. Cool. I is that the, is that called the Marco special at this point? <laughs> the Marco special. I was 38 until the very last minute. I changed my mind. 30, dude, that that little bit smaller, I think, is going to be a big deal. Like, I think it's the the large one would be really irritating, and you would definitely feel have it. you played with one? No. The 38. <laughs> I'm like, making it all up. I'm he pulling took out the 38 out of the case. Millimeter watch. I just wanted that. He took a 38 out of the case, and it was like comically small looking. Perfect. That's exactly. <laughs> I mean, what I if want. that's what you're going for, I just like. I was like, wow, like that is really small because it's it's the edge to edge on the frame, not the actual screen size. So why'd you get that one over the 42? I'm a tiny guy. That is true. <laughs> wow, you legitimately are. I just like. I, I don't know. I have like tiny wrists. I don't like the 42. Like I could have done it, but it just looked it looked pretty big on me. So I was gonna get the 38 for the longest time because of design, because I didn't want. I wanted to have the most constrained design experience, so that I could. Um, Basically, look at the most terrible version of it. You know, like the smallest, most cramped, most <laughs> the worst. The, Apple the one that Caleb got yeah. is the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was afraid that if I got the big one, then uh, I would just build for that, and then when I scaled it down, it That's would look fair. terrible. So it's it's like designing on an iPhone six for an iPhone five. Speaking of exactly. which, is it weird? Anyone else? I thought for sure that they would do different screen densities. Yeah, and I was not- really. Mm. I mean, it I, is I, like a four millimeter difference. I can understand why. Right, but wouldn't. text clips way earlier on the thirty-eight than it does on the forty-two. Especially in the title bar, the nav bar, whatever we're calling that on the. Yeah, watches. I don't, I don't, I don't know like calling that. Yeah, I don't know what we are either. WK but. interface something crazy. Who Brian, knows? did you get a? Did you get a watch? Yeah, I did. Which one did you get? I don't want to admit it on the show. Oh, did you <laughs> get the Milanese loop? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did you I met it? someone did who you? got the Millie's Loop and he was I like got the super nice stoked one. about it last yeah. night. You got how, how nice are we talking, sir? I got the the nice one. The nice one. I feel like yeah. you're being coy. All right. Coy. Wait. So the coy is So in. the real answer Episode that he told me before 16. the show is he didn't get one. <laughs> I see. No, I didn't get one. But I thought I'd present it as a question. Mark, what did you get? I don't know. I, hi, this is Mark Hemian. I never buy first generation Apple products. And that's, and that's that. the cameo for the show. <laughs> You're not. You, that was your one the shot. Mark Camion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a lame joke. God, Brent is so <laughs> proud, you, buddy. <laughs> no one else at North bought one except for Kevin. It was me and Kevin. That's why wouldn't Kevin? He did. Well, yeah. That's I, what, what did he get? I don't know if what he got Kevin a Rose gold get? one. Which? When can I have Watchville on my Apple Watch? Mm. Uh, that's a great question, and it's not something that we're currently addressing. Dun dun I mean, dun! Wow. Like this what you, PR guy? Dun, dun, are you going to read watch news on your watch? Yeah, hodinky, I'm, bro. I'm not. It's super dinky hodinky. <laughs> I have, okay, so how many people who bought an Apple Watch do you think are also watch people? I'm using air quotes. I wouldn't imagine many are. Not me. Not me. But I didn't. I would one. assume <laughs> that, like, I I don't know. I kind of think this is going to be a gateway product for people. Because, like, I didn't wear a watch before I got my Braun, and then I got the Nomos. And, like, if I hadn't been wearing the Braun, I probably wouldn't have bought a Nomos. How do you like the Braun one? I was it's really awesome. Yeah. It's really great. It, it the is strap beautiful. is, like, the strap is pretty low quality, so, like, after a year, it tore up pretty quickly. Uh, so that's, like, right on time. I, I really love this Nomos. Like, if I was getting a regular watch again, that's the one I would get. So I have this, like, black ceramic one I'm really happy with. It's oh, a, a Rado. so good. Love it. Um, not familiar, but okay. Some Swedish ceramic. Don't you like work on Watchville, man? 
It's <laughs> you must get that all the time. I don't actually. Oh, no really? One, like people don't assume you're an expert now. No, I mean none of my friends are into watches. They don't even know that like watch fills a thing that that's exists. True. So like, I don't know. So I have one that's like a super simple one. It's all black, black face, and then gold hands. It doesn't have like markers or anything. And then it has uh, it's also electronic, and like it has like a little display underneath it, so you mm-hmm. can set like alarms and stuff. Is it is quartz then? I guess. Okay. I don't know. It's no, dead. I'm not judging. It's been dead for like a year, so I'm just like, whatever. Uh, I'm not judging. What's the um, <laughs> how do you keep the it movement? <laughs> what's the movement made of? Are there any complications on that watch? <laughs> That's right. It's a term I learned from. It is a term. It, it has right. a grandson year. I love it's no that they use that. That they use like watch terms like crown and complication and stuff. Yeah. That's so Apple though. I have a really good question for you because we get a lot of questions about what it's like to move to California and you hate California. Perfect. It blows my mind. I probably should. I don't get it. I should probably caveat your statement before. So there are things that I dislike about California when I compare it to where I used to live. And there are things that I love about California when I compare it. Uh, the thing this I, last week was the first time you ever said, I would probably stay in California in the future. You remember that, huh? Yeah, I told Bryn that on a IM chat just because I was, I don't know, we were confessing parts of our life. It blew my wow, mind. Wow, beautiful, I, guys. It was. Yeah. We had a, we have some nice moments late at we're, night. We're pretty tight. Um, so the things I don't like are the convenience factor things. There's n- it just what happened to me just now when we were going to record the show. I can't park anywhere without a 20-minute wait. Dude, there's literally an app for that. We were literally... Okay. <laughs> Which is so sad to say. <laughs> How far is where we're recording from the office as a walk? Oh, from my office? From where you work. It's very, very close. It's maybe about... 10 minutes? It, it, Tops? Google Maps said 15, but probably 10. Um, but that being said... I, I did wanna, mention that walking would be better. I didn't want to leave my car over by my office. That's true. It's super um, gross. One of our coworkers had his car broken into recently, and he told us these horror stories. So I was kind of... That was fresh in my brain. That was fresh in my brain. Uh, yeah, California is really, really cool with things like the people, like all of you wonderful people that I'm sitting with now. And the weather, which felt amazing today and every other day I've been here. Uh, but you can't park anywhere. Everything is three to four times more expensive. And I honestly think with the internet, we don't all need to be in one spot. It is nice. It's cool. I get to meet people like you guys. But you know, we don't need to be here. There's just as brilliant people all over the world. We could be there. I don't know. I, I, I know I'm in the, the vast minority on this issue. <laughs> Um, I'm a I'm a big proponent of living in California. Big fan, big fan. I think I might side closer with Jake on this one. Interesting. Well, yeah. How, this, so you, did you grow up here? You lived here, moved here. Um, from Colorado. Yeah. Okay. I Which is like that's like my second choice state. I mean, that's not okay. a bad state to live in. Well, yeah. actually, probably New York is my second choice. No, Colorado's beautiful. Well, I mean, thinking about like whether to leave here or not. The why would you leave here? I know. I'm here. Well, the benefit. Bro. Well, that's honestly the only reason Bro, I don't want to leave. We record in the same room. <laughs> I can't do that from Colorado. I mean, that's the thing I think you miss being out of here is getting to like meet people in person. But, you know, the internet facilitates some of that, but not to this same degree. Like, this is a very different interaction than if we yeah. were all like bantering on we, Twitter. We just right recorded there. last week with Koi Vin, and it's a totally different dynamic when it's over the internet. It was and great, but different. Yes. Like, you just miss. The you miss social cues, right? Like I can look at you, and we can have like an eye contact thing, and we we'll go, "Hey, you go next." Or yeah, we can like, like that, wink but... at each other, and of course, yeah. we're doing that. We're <laughs> I, to... I was really amazed that while you were in China, the the Skype call with Cap Watkins went really well because we couldn't do camera because the oh, yeah. the connection would drop. That was great, actually. That was probably even better than having a video camera. That's just because Cap's just like amazingly cool. relaxed. That episode sounded super great. chill. It sounded really. He high went quality. and bought a mic for it. 
Okay, that <laughs> must be why. Yeah, he's but, like, so I, I went and bought a mic for this. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah. I mean, we're not going to tell you no. You wait, know how to set it up? Where Good. are you from, Caleb? I'm from the East Coast near D.C. Okay. Yeah. When did you come out here? Mm, two years ago-ish. Sometime. Uh, I don't know. I like it a lot. I definitely, if I were to move somewhere, it'd be on the West Coast still. Um, probably in California still, but... Uh, I don't know. It's so expensive here. Um, but the upside is like, there's so many people here building such great things that that's like, and you can be yeah. like, you can walk into a coffee shop and like hear people talking about like, Oh, this guy works for, you know, whatever, like something. And like, I mean, you can just walk in and there's like, Oh, Malik or, you know, whoever. And like, you can just run in these people. That, that's your choice of tech. No, celebrity. I'm just that was saying interesting like, go to tech. Celebrity. It's actually happened to it's me. Giga okay. coffee. That, I was going to say, it's too specific not to be a real. Yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. happened. Okay. Or the pocket CEO, whose name I don't remember. I don't know. Just like people like... <laughs> <laughs> I saw his face and I knew, you have pocket. You just run okay, into people. So you, you, it was like planned. It wasn't just like you walked in. Yeah. <laughs> Bad example. <laughs> that was a great example. You could just walk into Sam Sofa's apartment and there's Sam Oh, man. chances. I can go there right now and he won't be there, though. Oh, you can just go to Sam's apartment and just expect Jared to walk in with a donut. That is actually true. <laughs> no, he'll walk in for the donut. Yes. Wasn't he eating a donut? And he was on. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch, but I heard Sarah missing. went and got him two donuts. She Amazing. went to get his beer, and she's she's like, Jared's coming. I should get donuts. So, um, in on the on the watch day, we caught up with Sam, and he gave some advice to people as to just start playing with the SDK and build watch apps and just see what's possible. Um, have you guys had a chance to do that? And like, what are you finding? What are you, are you discovering possibilities that people hadn't really thought of? I'm yet? discovering a surprising lack of possibility. That's like, Ooh, that's my only real impression from WatchKit so far is the number of things you can't do. And The third-party apps, I, I was talking to a friend about this recently, the third-party apps on iPhone uh, mirror the th- first-party apps really cleanly, right? Like, they're equally as functional or more so in some cases, equally as well-designed. Um, but there's so many things you can't do in WatchKit as a third-party developer that means the third-party apps stand out so far from the first-party apps to and including you can't use them without a phone nearby, but Apple's apps you can, right? So, like... The border between third-party apps and first-party apps on the watch is so much thicker and more well-defined than it is on iPhone, and that really worries me. And that's what a lot of the reviews talked about sluggishness on the on the watch. Because when you're going between screens on the watch, you get this loading interstitial every time. You change screens every time because it's all over Bluetooth, right? The apps are running on the phone and they're just like mirrored onto the watch screen. Um, so, like as a third-party developer, I don't really like. I don't know. I there's so many there's so many things that I want to do that I can't do. Um but the flip side of that is I've seen some things like uh like Transit is a great example of of a watch app that I looked at the UI for and was surprised at what they were able to get away with. Uh, what do you mean? Just the things they were able to do mostly graphically because you can't like there's no you can't do custom drawing. You there's can't very do little you can change. What's it's, that? it's amazing. But we went through it right after they first announced WatchKit. You yeah. and I went through it, Jake. Yeah, we. Um, I played with the WatchKit SDK probably about the same amount as you. Maybe a little bit more. I actually just completed, I just submitted my first WatchKit app to the store. Nice. Um, Which one is it? What is it? Uh, it's for the day job. But it is 
very, very, very interesting. <laughs> the process of submission of WatchKit-enabled apps has been interesting from an Xcode perspective, from a developer tools perspective. Can you talk about what it does? Like test flight? Um, oh, the watch app that I did? Yeah. Uh, the one talking. Uh, so um, for my day job, I work at a company called Shop Savvy. Which is where I used to work. It's where Bryn used to work. It's where Bryn and I met. And I got to see Bryn's lovely, lovely face for the first time. Um, we're doing that Bono, Tim Cook, heart finger thing uh, right now. You guys can't see it. <laughs> that's right. Um, that was really weird. <laughs> so one of the... Uh, one of the features of that app is that uh, newer features is that you can actually be out in the world and, and shopping in the store and it will tell you um, what sales are going on at that store. Uh, it uses geofencing and some other tech under the hood. Uh, so naturally we figured, okay, the watch, that's exactly what it should do. You just you pull up your watch while you're in a store and it says, hey, here's what's going on here. Here's the sales. Um, that's, that's, it was one of those things where we were like, we really should make a watch app because this is, you know, could be some nice visibility for us as a company and we could add some real value there. I definitely didn't want to make the whole product on the watch. I think that's something people should avoid. Did um, you build your electronic coupons into Apple Pay yet? No. Apple Pay is a very awesome, awesome system. It's very um, siloed. It's very siloed. It's meant for individual retailers and things like that. Like Best Buy would use it. Um, some third party though that wanted to sell Best Buy products couldn't use it. Uh, at least not the way I understand it now. I want to get back to what Caleb was saying. I, I think honestly, and this is maybe I don't think it's controversial to say this. I really like. Oh, okay, I'll say two controversial things. One, I actually really like WatchKit for some of the UI stuff, only because it's very very simple to just pop some ideas in there and say, okay, you be on the left and you be on the right, and let me just go see what this might be like. Um, but I really kind of feel like you guys remember when the iPhone first came out and there were the web apps yeah. suite solution and we all kind of had oh that, god the sweet solution that grown. <sighs> I feel like WatchKit as we know it now is the sweet solution of 2015. Yeah. Well, they and, said they're already going to release right. a better. So, SDK. Yeah, so we all we've all kind of been told they're releasing a native SDK so we can do exactly the kind of things Caleb was saying. All the first party capabilities, at least we think, and we hope maybe custom watch faces too. That would be amazing. Agreed. Right? Who who doesn't want that? But it just doesn't seem like it's ready yet, and they're still working on it. So I think when that comes out, we might actually look back at the WatchKit apps that have come out today in kind of a not-so-great light. I, I don't know. That being said, there's man, developers are doing some amazing things. Uh, David Smith is another one. He actually used some libraries where he generates um, frames of an animation uh, from views on iPhone and is able to get some really kind of slick animations on the watch. So that being said, I haven't used it on a real watch. How, much, so, how many apps did he release? Oh, geez. He I heard, had several in... I heard he released uh, like 100 or something. Seriously? No. That, that's like a classic underscore <laughs> he, move, though. I, I think he made it. I think he made it. I think he was joking. Uh, he made a joke saying he submitted 10% of all the way. But hey, I wouldn't put it past him. That guy's a machine. I don't, that's I don't crazy. know how he does it. Here's my question is, I think all that stuff you've described is stuff that will probably be fixed or addressed, right? Like as the watch becomes more powerful and our computing power gets uh, more powerful, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't make sense. But and they don't show air gaps in the screen. These things will get fixed over time. I'm curious, like from a hardware product perspective, is this something that like is going to last? Is this something that people are really going to find useful? Or does that rely too much on the software? I just, I don't really know. I see like the SDK opening up over time, right? Like these are 1.0 complaints. Well, but. they've said that they're going to give us a better SDK. Which really makes me wonder like today's Apple is not the same Apple that we had when 
web apps were the solution to apps on the iPhone, right? Like we've had third-party apps shipping on iOS for a long time now. So like why presumably WWDC in June is going to be the time where we get a improved Apple Watch SDK. Why not wait until then? Like why, why rush it and give us like, they spend a lot of time working on the current version of WatchKit for what? Like it seemed like the hardware was done for a long time. This is, yeah, it's, it's something that uh, ATP said that surprised me. Like when they showed the hardware for the first time, everyone was like, okay, this hardware looks final, right? The software was nowhere near it though. From the get go. No one was like, oh, this looks finished. Um, good. Did you break it? No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, you, you did. did. You broke it. Did I? Yep. Oh, that's cool. I just went like this. Yeah. No, it's a fifty dollars Amazon chair. Yeah. Now <laughs> we know. Now we know the break point. Don't lean back on the handles. <laughs> so, so the break point is, is nothing. <laughs> the break, yeah, point, the break point is literally the sides of the chair. Surf to rest your arms on, and that's well, it. Well, you know, I haven't made a new friend if I haven't broken Caleb, something there. So, what are you doing? <laughs> Caleb's over there, like I literally like, flexing. I don't like, like follow He's like, are, are you so now close. concerned? I am concerned. No, no, he just see they're like down. Yeah, they're yeah, down. yeah. They're down a little bit now. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Looks like I bought myself a new chair tonight. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> Thank you. No, yeah. uh, we'll expect shipment in three to five days. Yeah. Just give me, just give me your address. We got them on Prime. Got them on Prime. So two days. Fair enough, bro. Yeah, we'll no, talk. Oh yeah, we need it by Wednesday. You, you need the chair button. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where did we get that? Where, Amazon, we get the dash button for Amazon these chairs. Dash. These shitty, shitty yeah. chairs. That's There's the weirdest for, product to me. Is it weird? There's Whoa. an app for the watch though. Well, wait. What? The watch. thing is, it's it's not the button. It's the API that matters. Bingo. So Quirky has a line called Poppy that we talked about with Jared, and they have some scale-based products. One is for baby formula, one is for dog food, and one is for coffee beans. I've heard of the coffee beans yep. one. So they've got a coffee machine, and when the the num like the weight of the coffee beans is low enough in it, it will order you new coffee beans from Amazon, which seems like a terrible idea to me anyway because those are gonna be some stale ass beans, but. Kind of Stale awesome at the same time. Beans. Maybe replace coffee beans with some <laughs> other product that laundry might. detergent, dog food, Bingo. dog food. I mean, so my my dog can just eat her food. We can schedule how much food she and gets. she presses the button when she's done. <laughs> can your dog is, reorder? Is the food? future really a future where Amazon sees these buttons all over your house for these no, things that you button. want? So They're in my shower, the- I have a shampoo thing and other thing and a, like. I th- I what's think- the other thing? I don't know. Soap. <laughs> Do you, are you familiar with that? <laughs> Prince, like, wait, there's more. <laughs> Do you guys use more than just one thing? <laughs> I've been it's just shampoo. It's body <laughs> shampoo. That's what it is, right? <laughs> oh man, I feel like we just learned that Brit has been using shampoo all over his body his whole life. <laughs> what, what other products could possibly go in a shower? He's like soaping up. He's like, you guys like this? It's herbal essences, really. <laughs> People keep saying something about face wash. Face. I, I don't get it. How do you how do you say that? Face, face, swash, swash. swash. <laughs> I don't know. I think Caleb had a good point about Apple put a lot of time into WatchKit, right? Like they actually. I, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like it was like a really quick, easy solution. I don't know. Having played with it, it seems like they it probably took some working. It's to list get it. and glance. Like it's galleries, well, right? That's it's actually the and thing. galleries. There's 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 three or four depending on how you count places you can integrate there's the actual app there's the glance there's the short look notification and the long look notification and i'm sure glance and their... short look will be really easy to tell apart 
well, glances, the way you access them is different in the UI. Uh, the notification just appears, and if you continue looking at it, I'm using scare quotes again, um, then it turns into the long look. And that's supposed to just be detected, but I don't know. The glance actually... turns into the long look, but a short look is different? Yeah, the short look and long look are both notifications. Are these things that normal people need to know the names of? No, not at all, okay. but I'm really... Problem solved. Uh, what I'm really saying is that there's a lot to it. There's a lot to watch kit. And, and, and Caleb said, you know, the speed actually has been reported as a problem. I've also read that. It, yeah. It's like the loading from the phone, right? Right. And, and that's what kind of scares me a little. That's what made me think maybe it was the sweet solution. I've heard it has like one gig of storage. Uh, it's multiple gigabytes, but it's only one gig of music. You can sync to it. One gig of music. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they're enforcing that. Probably so do you think they'll do any so. sort of caching? Probably not. I mean, I'm sure they're doing all sorts of intelligent things. But caching from the phone? I mean, maybe of UI elements, but not of code. Yeah. So the code still runs on the phone and has to update. And they tell you, like, defer as many updates as you can until, like, one at a, like, so one batch can be sent over to to the watch yeah. or Bluetooth. And that's what I don't know. Like, it seems I, like a fundamental problem is when you're telling people to change their whole behavior exactly. because of, a, of, of what you've built. Like, oh, whatever you do now, don't do that because of this thing. I assume, I, I hope that when we get full app access to the watch, that the binaries will be running on the device itself. And so what I what I don't know is, like, is the performance trade-off of running the apps on the phone really as good as sending all that data over Bluetooth every time? Like, I'm, I'm no computer engineer, so I don't really know, and I can't, like, yeah, you maybe know, math this stuff myself. But I like, wish someone would tell us. Th- there's got to be a trade-off there, and how much of a trade-off is it? Is it really worth the performance downgrade of, like, sending everything over Bluetooth every time? I can't imagine that it is. Well, I think it also, you have to count in the fact that developers are developers, right? And they're going to do whatever they can do. So if you enable something in these things that could possibly degrade the performance, developers are going to do it. That's true, but if all they did was move the WatchKit software that your phone is running onto the watch and left everything else the same, you'd eliminate all the loading screens, and I can't imagine there'd be a bigger performance. Down. That's a good point. I wonder why they chose... Clearly, they had to go this route for a reason. Maybe it was just technically too challenging to do the other one? I don't know. I mean, they don't, they don't do anything without thinking about it, for sure, right. but I don't know... Could be some arbitrary signing thing with the extension framework. Oh, they God. God knows how that is. That's what I was just fighting with before I came. Hey, here. I recognize some of those words. Yeah, the, it, it's yeah. I can follow along with this conversation <laughs> pretty well. I realize this is not engineering <laughs> details. I'm sorry, guys. But I, okay, so a lot of the stuff like the caching and whatnot determines what people who are designing for the watch can design. And that's that, actually that one is of the meaningful stuff. That, that's, that's the something biggest I'm, disconnect. I think is that. Designers have all these great ideas for things they want to do on, on smartwatches, and then they get to the Apple Watch, and guys like me and Caleb have to go, actually, you can't do almost any of that. Or you can, but it'll be terrible to use. What's an example? Um, so, okay, custom watch faces is something... Seems like the biggest product oversight. I really, for, for being such a personal product? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is that I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to roll out, because we all think they're going to do it. Maybe they'll do it this year. Maybe they'll do it next year. Custom watch faces. But There's API for it. I know that. Yeah, I know. I've, I've dug into the the, rever- the sort of the headers and everything. It exists some somewhere. Stuff. But it, you can customize the heck out of those things, right? So like that's going to be an interesting API to integrate with. Louis can go animate Mickey's foot correctly. Yeah. So if that customization is <laughs> provided to third Is it not correct? Apparently not. He complained about it on launch Wait, day. Wait, what's wrong with his foot? Apparently his foot doesn't animate correctly. He taps his foot on that watch face. 
But and apparently he, doesn't animate correctly. He does do it in sync with 50 other watches if you get them in the same room. I never so. saw that. And Wait, I wish what? That I had. Yeah, so apparently... They're all, they all, like, sync really it's, well. It's, like, yeah. so accurate to, like, the international So what's time. funny, that's uh, not actually an Apple Watch feature. Yeah, I was going to say. That's an iOS, iOS feature. feature. That's what I was going to say. So in Watchville, we have the atomic clock syncing, and after 8.2 came out, we noticed that, like, on average, I would see, like, four or five seconds plus or minus all the time, and now it's, like, within a hundredth of a second every time. Like, so always... So my weird Watchville plug, because... I actually haven't used it, but I've seen you use it a lot, Caleb. We were we were at that's we were at Sam's pretty good for, endorsement. We were at so Sam's for, a great I don't use watches. <laughs> we were at Sam Sofis' party for New Year's and Caleb goes three, two, one, and fireworks go off immediately behind him. It was amazing. It's <laughs> like, like he was looking at the exact, exact holy second. Shit. It was so tight. It was like three, two, one. That's everywhere actually, like right behind cool, man. it was incredible he's like i just was working on this thing and it's like down like super perfect i didn't understand what you were saying but i was like all right it's accurate good if only you could <laughs> if only you could find a way to use your powers for good and <laughs> time fireworks i don't know that I, wasn't evil dude that was super dope no that was really cool i just needed, <laughs> I needed a way to work that line into the show so um no i don't know i think that the what was uh, we were talking about watch kit um from the perspective of designers and they want to do all this cool stuff so for example one of the things that like uh, i'm say i'm working on this app and i want to have we have this in a lot of ios apps right now where you have a feed of comments or anything with a timestamp on them and that timestamp if it's a cool developer will tick up live um so that's something that for example um, if a, if a developer who didn't necessarily have a lot of experience with WatchKit would approach that, they'd throw a label in there, and then they'd have a timer on their iPhone app, and then every second it would update it, and it would tick across. Well, that would mean every second you're spending more data across the wire. That app's just going to blow up. It's not. Yeah. That's that's going to die. It's not going to. You're not going to have any kind of user experience at all. Uh, so Apple has these other classes um, that you can use in your UI called like timers and and date labels, and I think it's just one timer, right? But um, those update on their own, and presumably they update in some way that runs the update on the watch itself rather than sending data across. So that would be more performant. But that's the, those are the types of things that you have to go to that route. Oh, and if your string that you want to display, your text doesn't fit into the format string you can put into there, then oh well. Okay, um, dude. Let's say we work at the same company and sure. you're a developer and I'm a designer. Like, I, I can, that's a bad arrangement. You don't want to work at the same I company. I can follow along, right? Sure. Like, I get this. But as a designer, I come to you and like, this just seems like a frustrating conversation to have every time when it's like, oh, I just want this label, and you're like... So the problem there is you should work hand-in-hand, hand, not go back and forth? Oh, God, now we're going to critique my process. I was being... No, 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 I'm not critiquing your process. This is something that's been brought up a lot to me lately, and so it's something that I feel very strongly about as of recently. I guess the point I was trying to make, I, I agree with you. The trick is to spend time no, working no. with them and knowing the rules. Yeah, that's the thing. I guess maybe, like, I... It's just a matter of practice, I guess. Like, I feel comfortable knowing what's possible on an iPhone app, maybe to a degree. Um, but, like, the watch is just a big unknown for designers. I think that's the biggest problem is we've, as developers, have worked really hard to make sure that we can go to our designers and say, yeah, no problem. Whatever you guys want to build, we can do it. Not iOS. That's become mostly true. It's a right. question of, you know, how long it will take us to build it. But as far as capabilities go, it's really, you know, it's kind of your imagination at this point. I think we all got reset back to super super limited land yeah you yeah. know and that's sort of where we're at now so well, we have the only of... thing you're really fighting against on ios was like performance though right yeah that's true scrolling performance those are some of the the things that are still can be challenging yeah, especially but... with like blurs and sh- shadows oh yeah and shit all, like that. all sorts of you know explodes can, you know but the watch is just so far beyond in terms of limitation that uh, honestly it might make sense for some companies to wait or some products to wait um i don't think anybody is 
I think everyone's wants to be part of this initial gold rush slash promotion thing that they're going to get if they get out at the first launch day. So you're going to see a lot of apps that probably don't make as much sense, you know, because they just wanted to get in at launch day. I'm going to, I've seen a lot of that already. Um, but then you see some people being really clever, like our friend David Smith, who we talked about earlier, who makes really cool stuff and is able to actually work within the rules to build something pretty useful. So I, I think it just really, it's going to come down to who can work the best together. Okay. On a practical level though, like what are apps that people, if, if I'm a designer listening in, what should I not be building? Like in your opinion, what are apps that like just don't make sense on this form factor that you see other people maybe working on? Like anything that needs constant data, God forbid, like a Walmart app or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Caleb, have you seen anything interesting? I haven't. There was a Tumblr a while ago, I think of like, it was like, it was, it was just screenshots of watch apps that are coming out. And there were like two that I thought were even slightly compelling. Were there any that you thought were like impossible? No, no, they were, I mean, everything that I've seen so far has literally just been an extension of what an iPhone app already does. And so like, what's the compelling reason for me not to take this bigger screen out of my pocket and use it while I have it? You know, it's, it's got more battery. It's got, you know, more responsive UI and everything. To me, the watch is more of like, I'm looking for something quick. I need to do that really fast and then put it away and that's it. And so things like sports scores, like that's an obvious example or a transit where I need to see like, cool, which trains are coming, you know, within a few minutes of me. And aside from that, I'm having a hard time coming up with good use cases. I'm not going to want to read on my, on my wrist. I'm not going to want to hold my wrist long enough to read up, you know, up in the air so the screen stays on. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm having a really hard time. And to me, it feels kind of like the early days of the app store where there were obvious use cases for it, but I largely no one knew what to do with it yet. Like there were, there were things that weren't being done on the, on the iPhone when iOS two came out and the app store came out that we are doing today. And I think that there's going to be a year or so of people using the watch in the wild and discovering these things we haven't thought of yet. And even things we haven't thought of yet on the iPhone that didn't make sense because of the form factor itself. And I'm excited to see what happens there. I just, I don't have the ideas yet. So you're, but you're optimistic at least. I am. Yeah. I mean, there's so many smart people working on apps for these things. And I think that what we've seen so far, all just clones of what you can do on the iPhone already. So I'm waiting for the unique things that you can't do anywhere else. If someone wanted to just build a watch app, can you ship just like a container iPhone app and Technically, like yes. not have it do anything. Yeah, then... technically that's possible. It has everything has to be inside of an iPhone app, right? And it right. has to pass review. It it's has just, to. It's pass the same review. boat as the third party keyboards, right? Yeah. Every third party keyboard needs an accompanying app, so like all of them are just, Which like is a text just field, the worst. Right? Yeah, all of why? them are instructions yeah, but... on how to install the keyboard. <laughs> why is that? That's a great question. Why? That's why, why, why? a fantastic question. I've um, uninstalled mine. It's it's technically um, well, I don't I don't want to say this with too much certainty. I'm pretty sure it's technically possible to do something like a third party keyboard without. Um, needing an app like apple could do that they could allow for that but apple made the choice not to i'm sure things oh. like security and uh, and hmm. user you know being able to understand oh everything's an app that's, that's i honestly a, you think know. it's a pure distribution problem yeah they just don't want to deal with people like you download a thing it's on your home screen that's the mental model of installing an app on an iphone right like there's no there's no difference keyboard or not it's always like a thing you saw on your home screen, you saw from your home screen and it's gone from your entire phone. You know, there's no like no managing things in this weird section of settings, which there kind of is already, but like whatever. Um, I don't know. I, well, I think that's okay. Well, yeah. now that it's now that you said it like that, it actually makes a lot more sense from Apple's point of view, at least in my mind. 
for the average consumer. The difference is that there's actually a dedicated Apple Watch app store. Oh, app, right, which, right. That is weird. So that's <laughs> actually so weird. That's what's really strange is that has actually it showed just, up like a month in advance. Well, that's just a section of the app store that they decided to display in this other app. But really, it's still downloading the iPhone apps. Not there's not a special watch app that it's downloading. It's downloading the. I iPhone never thought app. about that. Yeah, I it's mean, it's filter. really just it's really just saying, hey, let's take this code that was in the App Store app and just pull out a little bit of it so we can show some of these apps over here. Change all the icons. With round icons. <laughs> yeah, and and that's. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's much more complicated than that, but it, conceptually, that's what they've done. And so users will now have the App Store, the iTunes Store. And then this watch app that's not called a store. The name on the icon says Apple Watch, but then when you open it, there's a, a App Store-like experience contained within it that only shows you Apple Watch apps. Now, I'm sure there's going to be featured sections of the App Store proper that highlight watch apps as well or apps that have watch functionality. But it, it's actually a, all of these firsts for Apple, right? Like they're introducing this new product that's very different than their other products. They're they're having splitting off part of the app store and this other app, and then you got to have this weird Bluetooth connection. I, it, it seems like it's a lot of stuff that we're just going to get, like Caleb said, it's just going to get hammered out over the next year and a half or so. Um, we're none of us. A lot of the questions are the same questions we have. You know, a lot of us don't understand how this is going to work. Maybe it'll be more clear in a couple weeks. I have like. A mildly genuine concern, I think, over just the user experience that Apple is pushing these days with um, a lot of these things like all the share extensions and the keyboards and like how you get them on your phone. But then even extending to the watch, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are confused about how you even use the thing. Like we mentioned glances earlier. Glances are only accessible from a watch face and nowhere else in the entire system can you get to glances. And like, so swiping up works everywhere in the iPhone, but only certain places on the watch. And I, I just, I picture people who are not into tech getting these things and they're not used to, you know, fiddling around with settings and trying to figure out like how these things work together, getting these newer Apple products and being severely confused by them. That's true. I I don't know. Like for sure. I don't know. It's They keep complicating themselves, right? Like exactly. They want to keep doing more and more and more. And it's just, well, I mean, they have to do a new UI. It's a new interface. But I agree that they're, they're making it hard, especially when you user test with like a non-technical person. And there's like some things that would be just so basic to you are like swiping up or swiping down from the top of your screen. Like those things still remain question marks to a lot of people. Right? Yeah. Well, think about how few people realize that like you can swipe from one app to the other in an iPad with like four fingers or whatever. Right. No one knows that. No I'm one actually. I think uh, force yeah, I touch that. is going to be really complicated. <laughs> I think it's a, so have a you, genuinely awesome have thing. Have you used one yet? I have not. Force touch to. on the watch is really weird to me because it didn't differentiate itself from a long press on an iPhone. And that was really strange to me because there was like a significant lag. Like you're holding your arm up and you're like pressing really hard. And like by the time you get enough force onto your hand for that to trigger, it was like half a second which is the same as just a long press on iPhone on anything. <laughs> so, so like why, why even go through like all the technology to make that a thing you here's, can do? Here's Brent's the, the thing that's been really interesting to me is I've heard rumors that there's an accessibility option that lets you use force touch instead of normal touch. So you can do things like use prosthetic limbs or motorcycle gloves. That's where the magic lives for me. If I doesn't know where you're touching. That's a good question. I have no idea. Doesn't it all? Well, force touch, force touch is the entire rumor. screen. Yeah, yeah, force touch is not on individual elements. So that's a dumb like a big, rumor. I actually haven't played with one either. Does it feel like a big button or does it feel like you're actually pushing in like a dent in the screen? It felt like I just put my finger on the screen for a while and something happened. Like, I, I don't know. And like, the weird thing is like, you're, you're holding your arm out and you're like pushing against your arm and your arm like moves and it's like, why, 
how I don't know. It seems like a really weird, a really weird. Did thing. you try it on the new MacBook? Mm-hmm. Oh, the new MacBook trackpad is so great. So when you click on it, does it feel the same? Mm-hmm. It feels the exact same. I couldn't tell. I I used the pro. You couldn't tell you weren't clicking. I couldn't tell that it wasn't the old pro. So it's completely different than Force Touch on the watch. Well, then. I'm mainly talking about the feedback on the, the haptic. like the haptic feedback on the on the uh, everything is really awesome. Like the tap you on the wrist stuff with the watch Got is it. super cool. Like it's very very subtle, and I feel like if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't notice that it's doing that. Um, okay. But the Force Touch, like pressing really hard on it, just I didn't get it. The uh, the new sensory stuff like the the vibration on your wrist haptic feedback what we were just talking about i know that's why i'm going off on a tangent to that is uh <laughs> thank you sir is that seems like an untapped thing as well like you're saying you know people need to start using these watches and getting creative but this is like a whole other i i think that we're going to see this feedback in more products coming soon and i'm most excited for a feedback home button on the iPhone. Like imagine having no button on the iPhone and you click it and it feels clicky and that clickiness never goes away, right? Like on the old phones you used to have like, you know, dust gets under it and it would like get mushy and like then it would stop working or whatever. And like imagine having the force feedback motor on the phone and that's your click when you click an I when you click the, the home button. So touch ID, everything is always integrated in the glass. It seems like that's inevitable, right? That's Yeah, happen. absolutely. I like Probably not the 6 Plus S, whatever, whatever we're going to call <laughs> okay. that. If they name it the 6S, that is like the biggest naming mistake I've ever heard. Why? Success? Ah. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. It could be successful. Hey. It, it obviously will be, but Jesus. But what about, what are possibilities? Like Bryn was saying his use case for, for the haptic feedback is like he gets to his house and sends, Force touch. sends a vibration to his, yeah. his wife so, saying, So like, I pick here. Sarah up from work every day. On my motorcycle, that. I have gloves on. That's cute. I have to take my gloves off and like swipe and message her and say, here, just here. So if I could use that wrist tap thing without taking my gloves off, which but is see, why I was really excited about that stupid You're rumor. still not going to be able to, though. It's not going to, you're not, like, once you bring a force touch menu up for things, you have to interact it via touchscreen, right? Like, the solution to that is a Bluetooth so, headset in so your helmet that heard, you can, like, text Sarah that I'm here and, like, it does it. You which know? is funny because I actually have that. There you go. But, <laughs> problem solved. Wait, what's the problem then? I don't want to use my voice. That's stupid. Um, okay. <laughs> You're in a helmet. No one can hear you. So what I've heard is that you can squeeze the side button, use the crown to rotate to who you want to talk to, and then double tap the, like, I'm here thing that you're supposed to be able to do with whatever. Mm, that's that's what I was potentially excited about. No big deal. Okay. No, I think Burns on to something. Because that would be super that, dope. These are the use cases that Apple will find out people want, right? Like, being able to quickly i don't know maybe i'm totally wrong but like saying something to someone without actually having to fiddle around and do all that kind of stuff that seems intriguing to me that i think it's no exciting. one's talking about yet it only works if everybody has an apple watch that's, that's my true. concern so my wife doesn't want one yeah sarah who produces our show and is going to be listening to this ah what was that review that was she she just doesn't want it she doesn't think it's interesting i got one she's like yeah i'd wear it she also thought my work paid for it at first and i was like no I paid for it. and then <laughs> It's for the show. <laughs> I was like, no, I have to design for it. For side projects, for work projects, I want to use the camera trigger thing because that's super dope. And I was like, okay, but you don't have one. Does that break most of my functionality if you don't have one? So I think you can still get to iMessage people from that communications button. 
you just can't use the digital touch stuff. That sounds less fun. I just don't want those horrible, horrible emojis. Those emojis? Ugh. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. That's terrible. How did someone sign off on that? They're just gifts, actually. It's I pretty know, funny. in the worst way. What if I wanted to, let's say I wanted to do the remote camera trigger, but with like a Nikon. Could I do that in the iPhone app and just have a, have the iPhone connect to maybe a middleware hardware type thing on the camera, and then I can trigger that somehow from my watch? You could, but the timing would be terrible. Wouldn't really? you have to have the app open on the phone while you did it? I don't know. No, you can. There are ways to message between your Apple Watch app and the hosting app to tell it to do things. Uh, but it it's only, I think weirdly, it only does them when the app opens. Unless it was already running in some background process. Like Is this was, a future we could envision, though, where, like, yeah. my iPhone communicates with other hardware? Maybe not now. Yeah, not now, but, I don't think. Not reliably. I don't know. I. My biggest concern with it was seeing all the Android Wear devices come out and every review ever said, I don't know I don't know how we're going to use this yet and I don't know if it's going to be understandable by normal people. And I've thought for sure that Apple was going to solve those problems and I don't think they have. It's what people said about the internet though, so I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, Apple didn't solve the internet. I didn't say that. <laughs> like, you know, back in what, the 80s? Everyone was like, oh, the internet is something that only uh, engineers and people in academics are going to use. And then then they invented the World Wide Web. Al Gore did. <laughs> Al Gore made it happen. Okay. So I don't know if that's going to be the same thing with the watch. Is like, I don't think it'll be I, a I'm, new internet. I'm, I'm more, uh, I guess, pessimistic about the future. But I also feel like I'm probably the same person that said that about the iPhone in 2007 and the internet in whatever years like oh this is new technology I don't understand it but you're just very apprehensive I recently I'm been, apprehensive yes I just want to know what in general I've been overly conservative on Apple in the last couple of years and I I don't know I think I'm used to the Steve Jobs Apple and things like we're not getting an app store and that kind of thing that I've been conditioned to think like that and that's not like even last summer you know WDC we had new language, share extensions, like all this stuff. And I like before that, I was like, there's no way all this is landing at one time. It's just not possible. So we'll see. I have more stuff I want to talk about, but we're running up in time. So let's call it a day. You guys have anything you want to plug? You got uh, plug. Caleb, you go first. Uh, I'm Caleb D on Twitter. I work at North on Watchville. If you like watches, check it out. And that's how many underscores before North. <laughs> that Twitter handle is so terrible. I really want to link it. Like my Twitter bio is like engineer at North. I really want to link it there, but there's no way I'm putting that in my bio. It's not happening. It's underscored. It's like characters. in and then it's like It'll take in. up half your bio. Huh? It'll take up half your bio. Yeah, it's like in and like T and H and S, but like all the things between those are underscores. So terrible. Yeah, it's it's pretty long. It's the least discoverable Twitter handle ever. Just yeah, can't find fine. it. You don't need to be discoverable. Right, yeah, exactly. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. You guys everybody knows who you guys are, so do they? Uh, so plugs for me, me and Bryn touch hands way more than <laughs> I do with all my other friends. We were a long way apart from each other at the office we, and it was very obvious. Yeah, it was a little weird. Um, so anyway, um, uh, you should follow Caleb on Twitter and you <laughs> this follow, is your plug. <laughs> you should follow Bryn and Brian on Twitter. You should follow the show on Twitter. And if you really okay, want good to deallocated objects. Yeah. So you got my blog, which is deallocatedobjects.com, the longest blog name on the internet but it's cool it is pretty cool thank you thanks man i uh i get i get like one good name right that's the one i got I just, everything else is gonna be named terribly all my other products but that is good uh i blog there once a month or so 
Uh, He's Jake got a Marsh. great post on why Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie was terrible. Oh, yeah. So I blog mostly about technical topics and design topics and things of that nature. But there is a couple posts about things that are near and dear to my heart, such as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the guy who created it and, tweeted about it, which was yes, amazing. Uh, I was so excited that so, day. So uh, tangent story, David Wise is he actually lives here in San Francisco. He was one of the main writer on the television show that we all remember from being kids, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he actually invented a lot of the cool stuff that we love about him, the pizza and all the other stuff. Um, pretty sure he did the pizza. But either Cowabunga. way, uh, he never really got he never really got paid or credited or anything for inventing all that stuff, and the creators got all the love. So I, uh, I shout out to David Wise. Thanks for making a cool show for me, man. Um, no, just follow me on Twitter, Jake Marsh. At Jake Marsh. But I guess you got to have the at in there. But, cool. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on. I feel like we could... Uh, keep digging on some of these things. I love it, but that's what a sequel is for. Yeah, sequel, I'd be, I'd be happy two. to return multiple times. We'll make yeah. it happen next time. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Thank Yay. you. Thank you very Thank much. You. And that was episode nineteen. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I think it is very, very possible and likely that we will have Caleb and Jake back. That was a lot of fun. They were two of the first people I told that we were doing a show. And they've been super supportive from day one. I'm really glad we got them into the first 20. I was getting concerned about that. Top 20. Man, in like a couple of years, it's going to be like, who is in the, the first 100, right? I mean, let's get there first. We'll get there first. And you can help us do that by giving us a rating on iTunes if you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you like this, just reach down to your phone or computer. Give us five stars. It helps us get in front of new audiences, reach new designers and developers. Uh, and hopefully get this kind of content in front of the community uh, a little bit easier. Thanks once again to everyone who nominated us for the Net Awards Podcast of the Year, too. Just just wanted to throw that in at the end, yeah, because we really appreciated it. And as soon as we find out the results, we will let you know. And probably beg for votes. They'll come out with the top ten, then we need votes, then the top five. And if we make it into either of those, that's, uh, that's that would pretty be special. Crazy. Yeah, that means it. And thank you also to IconFinder.com for making this episode of Design Details possible. They are the largest source of premium vector icons on the web. They're adding thousands a week, and they just make it so easy to design any kind of application or project. Uh, they're keeping up with the times. They're beautiful. Sexy, sexy icons. Sexy icons that work on any OS platform, design style, your style, company style, anything you need. They have an icon for it. There's a million styles on there. There's a million examples. And like each style, I mean, they do a good job of weeding out the crappy ones. If you're looking for a specific style, they have the best icons of each type. Yep. Any kind of icon you need. They all look great. Flexible on any platform and application you might use. So check them out. You can sign up for Icon Finder Pro using the discount code ROBOT. And you're going to get 50% off your first month. And that will tell them that we sent you there. And which would be pretty great. Which would be awesome. So support Icon Finder. Check them out. IconFinder.com and use the promo code ROBOT. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode. Probably. <laughs>